I'm still up here with a handheld. They want to see me fall, so I, I used to roam around with this thing, but uh, I'll see what I do tonight. But uh, used to, you could just get up and scream at the sound man. But you can't now because the problem's down here. <laughs> so you have to keep a little decorum, you know. And uh, I've enjoyed myself today, and I hope that you have. And I appreciate these guys on staff. I hope you do. Uh, they've been faithful men for a long time. And uh, you ought to be thankful for them. I'm thankful for uh, all of you folks here. And I want to thank you again. I, have to, I say this every time I get up here, but I appreciate the way you take care of me the way you look after me, the way you help me. Most of you are kind to me and look after me good, but uh, uh, we'll trip the rest of you uh, something. But I appreciate the way that you've treated us and uh, treat my wife, and we appreciate you all so much. Take your Bible tonight and turn to Ezekiel chapter 18. We'll begin with this tonight, and we're going to keep your Bible open there. We'll have like a little Bible study tonight. Ezekiel chapter 18. Now, which one am I using? Whichever one I want. I've got to do this. Do both of them. All right. All right. This one feels good. Be praying for the pastor. I hope you thank God for the pastor you have. And uh, his wisdom. His uh, uh, Bob Gray and I talk often. And because uh, we're, we're old and we're, we're about, he's, my, he's my one friend and I'm his one friend. And we... We, we talk a good bit, but uh, uh, he, he was talking to me the other day because a few years ago, Brother Gray called me up when he had problems. Many of you know about them out. And uh, he says, I don't ask you, Brother Neil, he says, is your relationship with your son as close as it appears to be? I said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. He said, do you mind if I talk to him and maybe make him my pastor? I said, no, go right ahead. And, of course, that's been a wonderful thing, and uh, Brother Gray's a great blessing to all of us, and he's a great blessing to the pastor, and so pray for him. But we, we talk all the time, and he made a statement this last week. He said, boy, when I first let him put myself under pastor, he said, all these ideas he has. He said, all these ideas he has. He says, he scared me to death. <laughs> he said, and then I realized, though, that everything he wanted, he already had a plan for it. He didn't just get something. He had a plan for it, and God gave it to him because he had a plan for it. That's a great compliment from Pastor. And so you pray for him. Pray for God to keep him well and strong, and for the girls, and uh, even Heather. Pray for her. Uh, Y'all like it when I pick on Heather, don't you? We're mortal enemies. Ezekiel chapter 18. Verse number one, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, what mean ye that ye use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, saith the Lord God, ye shall not have occasion any more to use this proverb in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine as the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, the people in Judah were using an excuse uh, for their sin. They were obeying against God. And they said, well, because the, the, our fathers ate wild grapes and things, it's made our teeth be set on edge. In other words, they were saying that generation there is the reason that we have problems. 
And Ezekiel says, you're not going to be able to say that anymore. He says, I'm going to straighten that out. He says, the soul of, of man belongs to me. And he says, he that sinneth, he says, I'll answer him, take care of him. He'll answer to me. But you can't blame your sin on anyone else. And so tonight, I'm going to, we're going to look at some more verses tonight, but I want to speak on the subject tonight. Uh, you are responsible for you. You are responsible for you. Our Father, speak to us tonight in a very special way. Lord, I long to do nothing tonight but be a blessing. How thrilled I am to be here today and to be able to be with your good people. And Lord, people we love for so many years. And I pray tonight you'll bless this service because I want to help somebody. I want to encourage somebody. I want to strengthen somebody. Help me with my physical ailments, Father. Help me tonight whether my speech might be good and well and that uh, Lord, you'll let me have clarity of thought. Help me tonight in a special way, and I'll be appreciative, and I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You are responsible for you. Psychology, modern psychology, has all but destroyed the thought process that I am responsible for me. Most people do not entertain that thought today, and most people can't comprehend that thought today. But you must realize some things. The most important thing is this. You cannot get forgiveness of sin until you accept responsibility for your sin. You've got to have personal accountability. You cannot be saved unless you assume a personal account accountability. It's your sin. It's not somebody else's sin. It's your sin that sends you to hell. And you've got to take ownage of that and ask God to forgive you of your sins. Now, you have to do that. You have to accept this, this belief of individual responsibility. You see, you can't confess your sins unless you realize they are your sins. And uh, you, it must be my sin. It's my gossip. It's my rebellion. It's my temper. Whatever it is that you fill in there, we all have to say that we are accountable for our actions and we can't blame anybody else for them. And uh, uh, most people will not deal with their sin. They won't acknowledge their sin. And uh, that's why they will never get forgiveness of their sin. And uh, we cannot blame the past. We cannot blame anyone we know. We cannot blame anyone we have known for our sin and our failure. It's not the church that's the problem. It never is the church. People won't attack the church. Well, we know what kind of people they are. Uh, it's not the home. It's not their fault of the home. People want to blame their upbringing and blame their mother and father. It's, that's not it. It's a personal choice. And you have to assume that personal choice and that personal responsibility of taking responsibility for you and your life and your sin. It's not because of where you were reared. It's not because that you were reared in poverty. You may have been reared in a divorced home. You may have been reared in a home where there was abuse. Whatever we could put in there it does not, still does not give you a pass. It does not give you an excuse that you can make an excuse for your sin and your behavior and the way you handle things. It's just, well, we must make up our mind that we are responsible for us. It's you that turns you out. That's scary, isn't it? You know you better than anybody. Well, you know what your future looks like? Look in the mirror. 
Look at the word of God and how you obey it, how you give yourself to it. And you must come to the place to realize that we have a nation full of so many weak people today. And uh, they're not willing to accept responsibility. And we, uh, we sometimes create the problem ourselves. God saved us to succeed, not to fail. There's, God has every right to expect you to be a successful Christian. It's not poor old you. Uh, no, you ought to be glad you're saved today. You don't have too much to do at church. You don't have too much to do in your life. You, you must receive, assume the responsibility of the fact that you are responsible to make yourself a good Christian. Everyone is a victim today. Everyone says, somebody made me do it. Somebody offended me. Somebody hurt me. Somebody did this, and we should have stopped and say, wah, wah, wah. I mean, in this world we live in today, it's amazing how people uh, are so offended so easily, but, they're not, but they don't want to talk about the Lord and the things of God. They don't mind offending God's people. And I'll tell you, people that are always whining and always blaming somebody else uh, contribute to the downfall of a nation, and they uh, contribute to the downfall of their home and no one who doesn't assume responsibility will do anything successfully. If you want to have a good home, assume responsibility. If you want to have a good life, assume responsibility. If you want to be successful, assume the responsibility for doing what it is you have to do to accomplish what you feel like God wants you to do. No one is guilty today. It's always somebody else that made them do it. Well, they were reared in this way, in this situation, and... Uh, uh, th this happened to them, and th th he's a good boy, but he didn't mean to get in the wrong crowd. He just got in the wrong crowd. No, he's a sinner. Dirty sinner. And that's the problem. We don't want to admit that. We don't want to accept that. And the responsibility is upon all of us to, to say that it, we accept our responsibility in the things of life. There's no one to blame, so quit blaming people. Well, if they'd treated my child different, oh, shut up. Uh, it is Sunday night, you know, so I, may, I can't kick anything, though, so we're okay. Uh, but uh, we have too many excuse makers, and we make excuses for people all the time. We make excuses for ourselves, and we need to look in that mirror and realize there's no one to blame. It's all on us, and we have to assume responsibility and we have to realize the responsibility, the things, the problems, all the problems we have in our country tonight, all the problems in our churches, all the problems in our home, is our failure to assume responsibility. We must learn to assume responsibility. Everybody wants responsibility until they get it. And then they act very immature about it. And want to blame somebody for the, not being successful with it. So we must learn to accept our responsibility. It's wicked and it's hellish to blame other people. Don't blame people for your problems. No, nobody made you run the red light. Nobody made you crash into somebody. Nobody made you do this or the other. Nobody, nobody made your child mess up. It's individual responsibility. We're all responsible. And we're responsible to do the right thing. And we hurt people when we make excuses for them. And we hurt people when we won't let them assume the responsibility of what they have done. And we must learn to accept that in our homes. Husband, 
your wife is not the problem. She's not. There must, some of you like to debate on that probably, but I'm telling you what the Bible teaches. Uh, she's not the problem. Now, can she be a problem once in a while? Yeah, but she's not the problem. You know what I'm saying. And your husband's not the problem either. It's not the problem. And uh, uh, you see, you, you wives, you, let me take, give you wives some advice tonight. Quit trying to change your husband. It's hopeless. Really, the man of God should have told you that when he married you. Uh, it's hopeless. You're not going to change him. <laughs> He's not going to be too successful with you either. But uh, we, you, don't, you don't marry somebody. I'm going to change them. I'm going to change it. No, you've got to assume responsibility for yourself. Husband, assume responsibility. Wife, assume responsibility. We all must assume our responsibility for life. And we have us realize that you are the only one you can change. And it's somehow people always think, well, if I had been there, it would been different. If I could, I could change them, I could change the way they think, I could change. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't change. And God doesn't make it that way. God makes it so that we all have to assume responsibility for ourselves and our own sin and our own problem. Uh, young people, it's not your parents. It's not your parents. Don't talk to other young people about your parents. Thank God you have parents that love God tonight and have you in church. It's not your parents. It's not the Christian school. You know, that school, they just don't, don't no, shut your mouth. It's not the school. It's not the teacher. The truth of the matter is, the teacher ought to get a, a double pay and an award for putting up with your kid. It's not the teachers. It's not the administration. Uh, it's, it's not the way they do things. It's not, it's not the church's fault. Well, we went to that church and nobody spoke to us and nobody was friendlier. It just don't, this is a good one they always use. The church just doesn't seem like it used to be. Well, I got news for you. The church is okay. The church is fine. It's you that's the problem. It's you that's the problem. Uh, the choir's okay. It's you that's the problem. Uh, anything you want to do, get involved in, there's no problem there unless you're the problem. We ought to assume responsibility of ourselves and get in the house of God and get involved in the things of God and let God speak to our hearts, assume responsibility and grow. It's not your friends. And something we want friends, then we get them, we want to blame them for everything. It's not your friends. Oh, what we need tonight more than anything else in the world is a bunch of people who assume responsibility for themselves. Look in that mirror and look at your problem. And we all are a problem. None of us are perfect. All of us have shortcomings. And we do not ourselves well, or we do not do those well who love us, if we do not accept the responsibility and look at ourselves as we really are. So no one, though, can sin without their heart's permission. The Bible says that your heart is deceitful, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. That's your heart. That's my heart. And we do not sin without getting permission from our heart. You ever know some people, they're going to do something wrong. They always look for a way out. I'm going to say, oh, I feel led. No, you don't feel led. 
you feel led, uh, I, I wouldn't follow it. Uh, I wouldn't trust it. Uh, you better, you better go, go to the place where you get the right advice and the right encouragement and the right, and quit trying to get permission from your heart. That's what we all do. We want to do something, so I got to get permission. Oh, I'm, this is this. I can feel that when I say it. Uh, we we don't like that, but we that's what we do. We try to get permission from stuff. We don't want people to get upset with us because we feel like we want to do something when the Bible says your heart is deceitful. You can't depend on it. We willfully choose to sin. Now, we don't like to hear that, do we? Well, I just accidentally fell in sin. Well, how'd you accidentally fall in sin? No, you sinned because that was what your will wanted to do. That was what your heart wanted to do. And you did it. What should you do? Don't cover it up. Ask God to forgive you. He will if you ask him to. But you've got to admit that you sin willfully many times. Uh, you see, there's no situation that can make us sin and turn our back on God. The wrong crowd puts you in a spot. Well, read, the, read the travels of David and see how many times he got in trouble. Because he's with the wrong crowd the wrong place, the wrong time, doing the wrong thing. If you stay in your place, and that's the good thing about a good church like we have, there's enough going on here to just keep you busy all the time. And it won't hurt you at all. It'll help you if you do that. But we need to realize that we have immature people today. There's a day when you look at people, how immature they are, how they're not grown up. Some, some people, you look at them and say, well, they're never going to grow up. You know what? You're right. They're never going to grow up. Uh, they missed out. And uh, we, we see the world like it is. And uh, we have uh, adult bodies today with adult lust, but a mind with no, no individual responsibility. You are responsible for your behavior. You are responsible for your attitude. You are responsible for what you do and what you say. Oh, we have to understand that. We have to know that. We have to embrace that for God to bless us. We don't go so winter. We don't want to work on a bus route because I just don't believe in that. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that doctrine. I don't believe everybody's going to hell. I, I don't believe that we're responsible to have to do all that work at the church. Look at all those men that work at the church. They ought to be able to handle everything and do everything. They don't need any help. We have talked ourselves into believing that we're not responsible. You know who's responsible for keeping the lights on in this church? You are. We are. We all are. Who's responsible for paying the bills? You are. I am. We all are. It's our responsibility to do that, and God will bless us with doing that, or he'll curse us if we don't tithe. I mean, it's all about individual responsibility, doing what it is that we know God would have us to be. Uh, we don't read our Bible, but we're offended at somebody. Go figure. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You're offended? Well, you know what? The Bible says nothing should offend you. What's the problem? You know what you did? You're doing something wrong and you want to cover it up. You're doing something wrong and you want somebody to say, that's okay. We understand. That's okay. We understand. Oh, no. Uh, we don't understand. God doesn't understand. God doesn't give a pass. And we must realize that. And uh, 
we have to come to a place that we don't blame other people for everything. Don't read our Bible. We don't tithe. We don't pray. We don't meet the needs of others. We don't work in the church. We just come and take and never give anything of ourselves. We need this doctrine of individual responsibility to become a doctrine. It's not a, not a doctrinal doctrine, but we need to make it a Baptist doctrine that we believe. Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence because all the issues of life come from where? Our heart. So where do your issues come from? Preacher, I got issues. Well, okay. We know where they come from, don't we? They come from your heart. And your heart is what? Deceitful and desperately wicked. The Bible says in Romans 14.12 that all of us individually must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, we're all going to stand there. And I, I, you're not going to answer for me. You're not going to answer for anything I did or didn't do or what I said or uh, said, shouldn't have said. I'm not going to answer for you. You're not answering for anybody but you. At the, at the judgment seat of Christ, we're all going to stand and give an account individually for what our lives have done and what we've done with the time that God has given to us. We are accountable to God and we are accountable to people and we cannot blame your mother. I've heard when I was pastoring, you hear all kinds of things. Some kids actually blame their mother. Now, I don't know, but I just have a soft spot for mothers. And I just don't, anybody that's at odds with their mother, I just don't much trust them. I don't, I want to watch them real close. Uh, but now they think she, they may have a mother that's real mean. But there's something about mothers ought to be honored and loved. And they ought to be loving. And you have no right. I never wanted to make my mother cry. One thing I never wanted to do was make her cry. And I don't want to make anybody's mama cry. And that's the way we should believe. And that's the way we should feel. And we should do all we can not to do that. We got in our home life. We can't blame anyone but ourselves you can't blame your background or your environment well the environment I grew up in was just exactly what you needed and it's something we think God doesn't realize where he planted us he doesn't realize who he put us in the home with he doesn't realize who he brought to cross our path all of it is in God's plan and when you assume responsibility for it you'll make sense of it and you'll be able to do something with your life that'll be worthwhile Tonight, there are parents who are sitting under guilt and condemnation for wayward kids. All kids come to the point where they're going to choose. And guess what? They reveal their stupidity. Not entirely. Thank God you get some of them that don't. But that's what they do. Uh, your dream of, I'm going to make it, and you can't stop it. You've got to realize that people get to a certain point in life, they're going to do what they're going to do, and it's not your fault. You brought your children to church. You trained them right in your home. You didn't have a home of, of loudness and uh, boisterous living and so forth, and you took them to the house of God, and they, they heard the preaching of the word of God. Hey, it's on them. It's not on you. It's not on their Sunday school teacher. It's not on the preacher. It's not only youth director, it's on them. And we must realize that. It's individual responsibility, and we have got to quit wanting to pass the buck to other people about our things we're responsible for. A bad home can produce good kids 
if a kid wants to do it. There's many of young people who've grown up here without parental support, without their parents to encourage them, and they've made something of themselves. They've made something of their life. Because if you want to do it, you can do it. If you want to be something, you can be something. If you want to succeed, you can succeed. But you have to determine that you are going to succeed by assuming responsibility for all the things that God places in your life. And a bad home can produce good kids, and a good home can produce bad kids. And Adam and Eve sinned in a perfect environment. You ever think about Adam and Eve? Well, we know they committed the sin with the, with the fruit, you know, the tree of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil. But, you know, you ever have to think, they had some bad, bad things happen to their kids. And they didn't have television. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have a mom and daddy that hated God. They didn't have anything. They, they didn't have a, all the things of living in the Garden of Eden. But yet, they murdered one of them murdered. And the line that you follow of their, of their children is not a great, great example to follow. But good people can produce bad kids. Bad people can produce good kids. And so it boils down to this. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say we've all got to assume responsibility for our lives. I don't know how many years I have left. God's been good to me and given me more than three score and ten. And uh, I love life and love living, but I don't know how much longer I have. And uh, I better enjoy what I have. Instead of pointing the finger while I'm alive, instead of blaming people, instead of looking at my life and saying, well, I wish they could have done this, wish they could have done that, wish they could have done that. Uh, no, I rejoice at what I've been able to do. I rejoice in the things that God has allowed me to do. And I have some things, if I had a vote, I wouldn't have wanted it, but God gave it to me anyway. And now some of those things I look back on and say, that was a good thing that he did because it helped me in a certain way. Look back to your Bible, to Ezekiel 14. Turn back to there with me. We're going to get to wrapping this up. Ezekiel 14 and verse 14. And we'll read through verse 20. He says, though these three men, so he's been talking about famine that's going to come to the land. And, of course, they don't want to face the famine. Then he says, though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. If I cause noisome beasts, beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beasts. Though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, they only shall be delivered. Or if I bring a sword upon the land and say, sword, go through the land so that I cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury upon it in blood, to cut off from it man and beast, though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God. They shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. That is plain. 
very plain. Uh, you can't blame mom and dad. You can't blame people you work with. You can't blame a school teacher. You have to assume the responsibility for you yourself. Turn back to Ezekiel 18 with me, please. Ezekiel chapter 18. And uh, let's look at verse number 10, I think. If he beget a son that is a robber, a shedder of blood, and that doth delight to any one of these things, and that doth not any of these duties, but even hath eaten upon the mountains and defiled his neighbor's wife, hath oppressed the poor and needy, hath spoiled by violence, hath not restored his pledge, and hath lifted up his eyes to the idols, hath committed abomination, hath given forth upon usury, and hath taken increase. Shall he then live? He shall not live. He, shall, he hath done all these abominations. He shall surely die. His blood shall be upon him. Now, lo, if he begat a son that seeth all his father's sins, which he hath done, and considereth, and doth not such like, that hath not eaten upon the mountains, neither hath lifted up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, hath not defiled his neighbor's wife, neither hath oppressed any, but hath not withholding the pledge, neither hath spoiled by violence, but hath given his bread to the hungry, and hath covered his, the naked with a garment, that, that hath taken off his hand from the poor, that hath not received usury nor increase, hath executed my judgments, hath walked in my statutes, he shall not die, for the iniquity of his father, he shall surely live. As for the father, because he cruelly oppressed, spoiled his brother by violence, and did that which is not good among his people, lo, even he shall die in his iniquity. So here we have the father dying in his iniquity, but not the child. Yet say ye, why doth not the son bear the iniquity of the father? When the son hath done that which is lawful and right, and hath kept all my statutes, and hath done them, he shall surely live. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Individual responsibility. That's exactly what that is. You do not answer for the sins of your father or mother. You do not answer for the sins of your brother or sister. You answer for your sins. You answer for your opportunities to serve God and to be used for God. And it's important that we understand this and uh, realize that uh, not believing this and accepting other things has given us lost church members. It's given us people who are shattered and defeated because they do not assume responsibility and reach their potential. There is a potential in this room for every life. There is something that God wants every one of us to do. As long as we're breathing and alive, we're supposed to have something that God has for us to do. We may not know what it is at the moment, but you'll be living, looking for it and wanting it. And you've got to assume responsibility for it. You can't pass it off to somebody else. Now, if you're, if you're going to be a camp counselor, I wouldn't blame you for passing that off to somebody, really. But uh, uh, no, what a, what a blessing you get to be. And uh, it'll be a great time. Of course, they won't take a bath the whole week. They'll lie to you about that. But uh, you'll have a good summer anyway, amen? But uh, we have to realize 
Somebody's got to take care of the nursery. Somebody's got to take care of the kids. Somebody's got to take care of meeting the needs of someone. You see, you know more people's needs many times than the pastor does. You talk with each other. You mingle with each other. And uh, you know what you should do? Get in the habit of being a blessing. Be a blessing to someone. Uh, you say, well, I don't have talent. You can be a blessing. Uh, we make all these excuses. Well, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't, I can't do this. You, you know, tell them what you can do. Well, you might sing in the choir. You say, well, I can't sing. Well, the choir sounds great, but there's some people in there that can't sing, I can tell you. Because I sit on this platform for many years. Uh, I can tell you. But Brother Stanley, in his grace and kindness, he works it in, makes it work. I'm not saying you ought to be out of the choir, but I'm just saying assume the responsibility. You got a seat, that's your seat. Don't make him have to hunt you down. You got a seat in the choir, enjoy it, use it. It's your responsibility. You know, if you come in the church and you look and you see choir's got empty seats, then you got, you know what you think? Whose responsibility is that? Well, not Brother Stanley's. He signs you up for a seat, maybe, but it's your responsibility to put your body in it. Now, I'm really worried about the choir when I saw that Tony Ward just joined the choir again, but uh, it shall overcome and be good anyway. What can, you, can you be a blessing to a school teacher? You know, nobody, nobody thinks so much. Everybody's, why, 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 why? You know, that's where the kids get it from. So we need to help each other by being a blessing, but assume responsibility. You say, well, I, I, I don't, why am I supposed to encourage them? Because you can. So it is your responsibility. Whatsoever our hands find to do, do it. that's what we should do with all our might. So there's many things that we can do and we ought to. And individual responsibility is responsible for all personal happiness and joy. I am a happy person and a joyful person. Everybody who knows me will tell you that. I have a quick rebound when I get knocked down. And uh, uh, it's not because I'm good. It's because I've got a good Savior who encourages me. Like, well, just like I preached this morning when I can. And when you learn to do that, you can too. But you know what? Every one of us, we've got something to do. We've got a responsibility. Assume your responsibility for it. You don't have too much. You just haven't given God all of you that he wants. Make up your mind tonight. Who could be a blessing to the pastor? Who could be a blessing to someone? Be a blessing to some of the singers. Be a blessing to some of the young people. There are some kids who come here without their parents now. Be a blessing to them. Be an encouragement to them. Because when you see them here and they stay through the years, one thing you know about all of them, there were people here who invested in them. There were people here who spent time with them and talked to them. And we all can do that. And we all should do that. And I think you all ought to take care of the senior saints, too, you know. Uh, uh, get out of the way when I'm coming down the aisle and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, I'm not the one in the way. You are. Now, right, Brother Hudson? They're, they're the ones that's in the way, not us. I get it going here. Brother Nyhart to join in with me. Of course, he's in the way no matter where he is. <laughs> but... Assume responsibility. Go, walk over to the deaf section sometime. Just shake a hand. Go over. I mean, I mean, this is your church. It's your responsibility. And it's all of our responsibility together to keep it 
going and keep it what it ought to be as it has been through the years. And so one of the ways to do it is to say, I'm going to assume responsibility. And I'm not going to pass the buck to anybody else. Assume responsibility. Encourage people. Encourage people to sing. When we sing, everybody ought to sing. I know if y'all notice how I do the ushers down here by my chair, they're going to sing if they're going to stand by me. And uh, I make them sing loud, too. And uh, because everybody ought to. This is the house of God. This is our church. That ought to mean something to you. This is our church. It's my church. It's your church. Then let's assume responsibility for it. And assume we're going, we're going places. We're going places, and we're going to be building things and doing things, and we all ought to assume our responsibility so they can happen even quicker than we imagine. So you may be saying, well, I wish we were moving a little faster, and maybe God's waiting on you to pray a little more. How much you've been praying? How much you've been praying for what the dream is? Oh, I know you all want to enjoy it, but what are you doing about it? Well, I don't have money, but you can pray. You can pray. You can pray and ask God to give you some money, and he will. You can pray and ask God to send somebody with money to help the church. You can pray a lot of ways, but we all ought to be praying for every need of the church. Who do you know that sits by you who carries a heavy heart and a heavy burden? There are people in this church who are lonely, and uh, they have to be lonely. And you ought to encourage them. You ought to help them. There ought to be somebody that you make up your mind. I'm going to make you smile. And I have to say, you have to say, I always make you smile. Because it's going to be at your expense if you don't. Oh, this world needs happy people. This world needs happy Christians. There's nothing better than being in the house of God and being part of this church. Greatest church in the world. Now, assume responsibility. If you believe that, assume responsibility tonight. Assume responsibility, and let's make a difference. Let's make a bigger difference than we have in the past, and let's help everybody here. Let's help and be an encouragement to our Sunday school teachers, to our, our, the choir, the music program, anything that the pastor gets started, well, just jump in. Just jump in and, and make it part of you because this is part of you. You're just not living up to your responsibility. May God help us to do more like Christ and to do more that he wants us to do and thank God for each other and thank God for the opportunity to serve the Lord. I appreciate you letting me preach today. Uh, I just can't, I can't do it like I used to do it. I know that, but I still like to do it. And I, and I still have something to say, I think. And I have something that's important and I want you to learn it and I want to be a blessing to you. So... Let God speak to your heart tonight. If God's speaking to you, don't just let the invitation come and go. Great decisions are made in church services when people give themselves. When people are not in a hurry to get out. You can tell, you can tell the health of a church by how fast everybody goes or stays. Hey, you, be, you don't get to see these people that often. You will want to spend a little time with them. Make the guy who has to turn out the lights upset. I used to say that all the time. Everyone who's got to turn the lights out, make them stay. Make them stay. This is the house of God. Enjoy it. Enjoy each other. And let's make this a great, great rest of the year. Pray for the camps and all that's going on. 
Father, I pray tonight you'll speak to our hearts as God's people.